P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Um, okay, Shelby. So, so how we're going to do this is first, <laughs> I'm going to stand by the piano, and you're going to sit on the bench. Okay. Of the pi- oh no, you're going to yes. stand by the piano too, and then you'll Serious sit on the bench. Eye contact for yes, sure. and we'll just never break. We're it. only looking at each other. Ignore the girlfriend on the sidelines. Just, yep. she doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I'll come sit next to you on the bench, which seems like it would okay, inhibit okay. your piano right. playing. But, but I'm a pro. I'm a pro. But I'm you're a pro. Sure. Yeah. You're and my then, inspiration. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then you'll kind of start crying. Also, we both of need course. spray tans triggered. for this. Just <laughs> FYI. Yeah. So maybe can you book grow that. up here? Do you have uh, facial hair or? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I'll draw it on. I'll get a marker yeah, or something or some yeah. pieces of felt. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, we sort of look like we might make out, but like not because, because, you know, my girlfriend's in the front row. Yeah. Yeah, She's in the front (laughs) row. So like, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 But we need that Oscar. So whatever it takes. Right. Yes. Oh, 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 but uh, voting already closed after we did. Oh, (laughs) so it really wasn't. Right. Oh, okay. Shoot. Dang it. Okay. Well, good moment though. Good moment is the stare yeah. heard around the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a total romance. It really made me want to go back and watch the movie again to see how that romance plays out. <laughs> well, he dies, so yeah. not well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end well for either of them. But you know, at least she gave up her red hair and her pop career and sang his songs like he always wanted. So, mm-hmm. and he beat yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this episode's going to be fun because we're talking about the Oscars. Yes, the 91st yeah. Annual Academy Awards, <laughs> Academy. Yes, yes, if you will. <laughs> We've only been talking about them for like six months or something. This is like our oh yeah 32nd episode. Is that right? Yes, 32. Yeah. And how many of them have I brought up the Oscars <laughs> on? That is Probably a trivia every question. every single one every single one was it everything you wanted was it everything you hoped for just I, I mean, take yes or no we'll <laughs> we'll get into that later okay, there was okay. there were moments that were great and there was also <laughs> moments where i was like okay well that yeah. was a thing yeah that is the oscars though but you're right because before we get into that there's lots to go into because yes. I mean this is PS you're wrong we're on Instagram we're on Twitter we're everywhere you want to be including Facebook I guess for some of you so find us at PS you're wrong and you can also leave a nice review for us or send us an email yes we have got an email from a fan which is oh, exciting yes we, you've got uh, what's mail. our email PS you're wrong at gmail.com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes okay so this this nice guy named Luke, who has questionable taste, I'll just start <laughs> off by saying that. Um, no, 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 no. Says not at all. Uh, send us an email, which was really great. So I'm going to read a part of it. He says, "Hi, love your podcast. I decided to try out your podcast after listening to every episode of Swiftish, which is Shelby's yes. Taylor Swift podcast. Oh, in yes, a single yes, yes. month." That's a lot of Shelby in a month. Let me just tell it you that right is. there. <laughs> he says, yeah, yeah I just well. couldn't stop myself. Um, <laughs> and then, but then he says, I'm so glad that I found you. You two are hilarious together and have such great insight. And I honestly feel educated after listening, which again, oh my gosh. great comment. 
But then yes. he really shoots himself in the foot here in this P.S. <laughs> where he says, P.S. I think that my movie choices much more closely align with Shelby. In fact, yes. there were moments Everyone's when I due. thought we might have been the same person because I would think <laughs> something and Shelby would say it. See, now this is what we call keying me into the fact that Shelby wrote this review and then emailed <laughs> like, it to me. We finally got an email that yeah. no one knew about. <laughs> And yeah, then he says, deaf team, game night, and a simple favor yes. all the way. So. That's a good, that's good taste right there. Like, honestly, everyone should give those two movies a chance. If you didn't listen to our 2018 rankings, you'll know I'm right about that. So, I mean, I don't remember those movies being in our top 10 <laughs> rankings. That's because you dragged me down. You dragged it hard. I need to figure out I'm taking a math class so I can figure out what the f you did with those. I sent <laughs> you the spreadsheet. Yeah, the numbers it are all there. Make any sense to me? I just <sighs> massaged the data a little bit so we could get some tasteful, artful foreign films into the top oh, ten right. instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of uh, the drivel that you were trying to get up there. So haters gonna hate. You'll hear a lot of the, that on uh, my Swiftish podcast. If you if you're not getting enough of Shelby, because I know I'm the best one here, you just. You can go check that out. There's a lot happening because Taylor Swift is on the move. So <laughs> she is. Have you not heard any of this gossip? I thought for sure you were going to make fun of me for it. No. I okay. Don't. Let me oh, get into well, it. I'll give the one, cliff notes just, version. Just, cliff notes. Just one quick second. I need to just say <laughs> to our fans who are listening that I am not on the Swiftish podcast. So I mean, like, it's fine. <laughs> you can go and listen to it if you want. But just be you listen to every that episode I'm not too. There. So you're like a bigger fan of Swiftish than my own family so don't pretend you're above it i know you've been it's, downloading those episodes here's the thing about swift <laughs> is that if you're a taylor swift hater like myself it's delightful <laughs> to just sit back and watch the drama unfold of her and her crazy wackadoodle fans so well, that's you what are i'm gonna there listening love for love this tea because taylor okay. swift basically she hasn't been posting a lot of personal stuff on instagram so anytime she does it's like a moment in the fandom and this okay. week she's posted not once not twice but three times like three days in a row she posted photos that are different than anything she's posted and eagle-eyed fans <laughs> oh gosh this is a lot to unpack but basically cliff notes version the first photo she posted is just a, a like landscape and it has seven palm trees seven palm trees the next photo she posts is um her on the stairs in her after the oscars uh, after party oscars dress and she's sitting on the sixth step then what? she posted a photo of her looking through like a fence and there's five holes in the fence. So if you're staying with me, that's seven, six, five. So we're on a countdown now, y'all. Like that's the that's the idea is that in five days, something is going to happen because one, Taylor loves the drama. <laughs> Two, Taylor loves dropping weird clues and watching her fan freaks, her fandom freak out. And three, she released a calendar for 2019 and on march 2nd which is where the countdown ends there's a there's a pressed flower that's not seen in any other <laughs> page of the calendar so people are convinced 
that something is going to come out. And it's just like, we're just thirsty <laughs> for it. So people are, people are talking about it, BuzzFeed and E and like everyone's talking about how the Swifties are talking about it. Taylor has not posted a photo today yet. So this could all be a total <laughs> fluke, but fingers crossed. So that's the uh, Taylor Swift <laughs> update. <laughs> This is lunacy. This I mean, is like yeah. this is like talking to uh someone on the subway who is like <laughs> shouting to themselves so, about yeah, conspiracy yeah, yeah. Numbers, theories. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's They're amazing. like the government. The government. I don't know. <laughs> they plan seven, they plan seven the trees, war. Seven palm trees. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. I, and now I'm going to her instagram account yeah double check did she post anything this could be happening live she posted around this time the last couple days so so it has been every day it's yes it's been every day and um the reason people okay so i guess the first one does have seven palm tree emojis so she is aware that there was seven (laughs) exactly but then this but then this uh one she's sitting on the sixth step yeah Yeah, but like (laughs) but also i mean i don't know that feels a bit of a stretch and then the same with this with this (laughs) lattice you don't like the fence no no No. i can (laughs) see i could see maybe something in this weird palm tree shot because it's like it's not a good picture and (laughs) and the palm trees it's it's strange but then well people have like taken the palm tree photo and they're like whoa she has four on one side representing her four country albums and then there's two on the other what representing her the- pop oh my and then there's gosh. the center one that'll be somewhere the new album will be somewhere in the middle of the two <laughs> people get into this it's amazing it's my favorite time of year is when there's like there's rumors of a new taylor swift album because one i'm a fan obviously but two i love watching this fandom just like implode with the crazy and it's just it's just a feeling I treasure. It's just mesmerizing. This is the type of thing that you will find on the Swiftish podcast. So if yeah. this is what you're looking for, and I know that it is, you can listen to it there. Yes, um, a good plug. This is crazy. The, clearly, she just posted. I mean, I don't know what the palm tree picture is. That might have a code in it because mm, it's bizarre. Yeah. But then, I, but then, but then she just went to an Oscars thing and posted a picture. Right. And also, but then the how, fence. You know, it's from a no. photo. It's from a photo series from like months ago. So why'd she save it and just post it randomly without a caption? And she never posts personal photos. So it's all suspect. And that's the thing about being a Taylor Swift fan is you always have to be on high alert because she does weird stuff like this. She loves the game, you know? I mean, I don't know. I'm looking through her photos right now and I see here's a picture of her on a log that, you know, apparently doesn't have much to do with anything. <laughs> here's her on a porch that says missing Australia oh, already. This is the thing, too, is when she posts a photo, she usually goes on Tumblr and starts interacting with fans who are reacting to her photos. But once she started this countdown, because it is a countdown, she hasn't. She's been MIA. She's just totally gone radio silent. You know, it's just like everyone's on high alert. (laughs) Also, how long do you think it took her to get this shot on the stairs that's like, okay, we're going <laughs> to take like, this I shot on the, on the stairs, I, but I need yeah. to be on the sixth step. But it's not that she's on the sixth step from the bottom. It's just that she's on the sixth step in the picture. You know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah, see the bottom yeah, yeah. of the staircase. I know. So, I know. This could all just turn out to be nothing, but if it turns out to be something, then 
We're going to be Although, pretty proud. <laughs> I mean, the staircase one has a pink heart and the <laughs> other one has a yellow heart, but then yes. the palm tree one doesn't have any hearts, but now there's stars in the background of the picture. You have to start asking these questions. You got to start counting things. Okay. I have a theory. Things. I have a theory. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's see. There's hearts, stars. Yes. I bet yes. we could find a horseshoe. Clover yes. and blue moon, a oh pot of gold and oh rainbows. My gosh. I bet there's a red balloon. <gasps> what if her next album's called Lucky Charms? I think you that's did what it. it is. You can get on Tumblr and you can release oh your theory, gosh. and people will respond. Like that's the truth. That's the honest. Can you put truth. that Nothing out there? Nothing is too far fetched. Can you bring that up on Swiftish and see what um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ashley says? Yeah, she's the brand ambassador for Lucky Charms. That's the that's what Taylor's going to announce it on could, Friday. It could be a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, she loves a good good branding you know she paired with like ups last year for her album so yeah that was wild. you know lucky charms (laughs) okay well speaking of wild stories you know that was really the top tier news that we'd like to bring you on this podcast (laughs) exactly Uh, we haven't talked about this next story yet it's been in the making for like several weeks now and has been very fascinating to follow, I think. The uh, Jesse Smollett, Smollett oh, yeah. drama. Yeah. So this is a cast member of Empire, the TV show, which I don't watch. I, is he a regular? I'm not even sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the main... He's one of the sons of the main couple. He's a main okay. character. Yeah. Okay. So... Back like several weeks ago, maybe even a month ago at this point, (laughs) he reported that he was attacked. He was like, uh, you know, just going about his business. These men wearing like Make America Great Again hats came up, beat him up. He's a black man, like said the N-word, said slurs against gay people, like, you know, supposedly attacked him. It was this horrible hate crime. He announced that this had happened. Everyone felt really bad for him. Police obviously started investigating this because he a celebrity and this is a terrible thing and you know everybody was was very like passionately supporting him and rallying around him saying oh my gosh i can't believe that these type of things still like happen in america this is horrific like we need to put a stop to this well as the police continued to investigate this crime they found that like the details were shady sort of and the like jesse wouldn't hand over his phone which seemed weird if he's like the victim why wouldn't you hand over your phone and his like he claimed that he was uh, you know like brutally beat up by these men but then didn't really have like the physical marks of being beat up this much and this is the point where my mom i was talking on the phone with her and she was like you know i think he might be lying and i was like oh my gosh mom like (laughs) like you need to be more woke like he's not lying we need to like believe these people you know get with the times well turns out as the police have investigated more and more that they found these two men who he had apparently worked with in the past that he paid them to come over to his house and like sort of beat him up but not really and then he was going to claim that this had happened to him this horrible thing all so that he could use it somehow or another to waylay a pay raise at his TV <laughs> show, where it comes to find out that they said, like, we would have given him a pay raise anyways. We didn't even know he was asking for one. And and yet he came up with this, like, cockamamie plan. So it's, it's <laughs> been mean, a fascinating I story mean, to watch. Yeah, no, it's been major whiplash. It's all very messy. I don't know. I don't know what to believe still. I mean, he went on GMA and, like, had this tearful 
whole interview and he's still insisting he's innocent and like everyone who knows him is like I don't know why he would do this like it doesn't make sense so it is like it's weird it's a weird story and I don't know how to feel about it I mean I think he's clearly lying <laughs> well yeah they have, I mean the there's no evidence that this ever took place but and the also... men confessed to the fact that he had paid them <laughs> and there's like text messages like right but the text could also I mean I saw an article that was like like everyone was like what he wrote a check for payment but the payment actually was for this training fee because it was like his athletic trainer or something so it's like there is some there is some confusion and I don't know I'm just like I just can't say either way (laughs) wow it just doesn't make sense like why he would do it and the pay raise story I thought was like not true i thought they came out and was like that's not the motive i don't know well i've been fascinated by this and i read a whole (laughs) article where they interview it was on vulture i think and they interviewed this like psychologist who specializes in munchausen syndrome which is where you like pretend that you're sick to get attention or you know claim that you've been through some kind of traumatic event (laughs) a la dan mallory the author of woman in the window that we talked about several (laughs) weeks ago and and I was like, all this checks out for me. This is like the mom and sharp <laughs> objects, like clearly That's because true. also Maybe supposedly just... there was like a letter that was sent like sort of vaguely threatening him earlier that right. didn't really get any attention that they are pretty sure he sent himself because yeah. of various things. So it just if he I was know. actually beat up by these two people that he says that he is like one, he would have had a lot more physical injuries and two there would have been like some kind of evidence of it somewhere (laughs) maybe maybe the story isn't that he paid these two guys to beat him up for a pay raise but clearly there's something fishy going on (laughs) there's something i know but i just like i don't know it just would be so messed up if it's all just a complete lie and i guess i'm holding out hope that it'll turn out to be some crazy true crime situation where we'll we'll get like season four of serial or something that dives into it that's what i'm holding out for well it's interesting though because so if you look at his instagram he posted a picture and in the background there's a there's a building that has 15 windows in it and then if you look at the timestamp oh, okay. of the yeah, of yeah, the yeah. of the video camera and go to the 15 minute mark after minute then i think you you can find a special clue there that's what I've i heard. get it i get it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 okay well i'll look into that i'm really good at sussing out clues that way but <laughs> i have some more light-hearted drama that i've been waiting to dish it's about my favorite family the kardashians i'm sure everyone's heard this story but basically oh my gosh i just don't even know where to start everything's so juicy chloe kardashian has a child with tristan um thompson from who's an nba player who has cheated on her in the past like literally the day before yeah while she was (laughs) having a baby Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty messed up. But she took him back, tried to make a family happen, whatever. News broke earlier this week or over the weekend that basically he had been caught cheating on her again. Okay, fine, whatever. He was a dirtbag. We all knew it. But in the craziest twist, he was cheating on her with Kylie Jenner's best friend, Jordan Woods, who's like famous for being a Kardashian Klingon. Like she she has yeah. been 
Kylie's friend since like middle school. She's been on the show a lot. She's basically the arm that Kylie does all her makeup swatches on and her Instagram stories. They live together. When in Kylie's spinoff show, they like got like married, like friendship married and a ceremony in like Sweden or something ridiculous. They're like obsessed. And Jordan, this wonderful, this like gift of being the best friend of a billionaire just appeared and she got to just ride these coattails and she was a model for chloe's jean company good american she like had a bunch of sponsorship and fame because she was a model of her... for a yeezus line at some point yes and she had so much access to and so much wealth from this family and then she went and cheated on chloe's cheated with chloe's baby daddy and it's just like what was she thinking like talk about weird motive i don't know how how short-sighted you can be to think that's a good idea like it's just so messed up so has have the kardashians come out and said anything about this yet yes so that's part of the drama i mean not necessarily about jordan but they all unfollowed jordan on instagram and twitter Chloe scrubbed Jordan's name and photos from her Good American website. There's like been sources saying like Jordan keeps trying to apologize and Kylie's really torn up about the whole thing. Cause like that's sad. That's her best friend. And it's like, oh my gosh. And no one liked Tristan anyway because he was a cheater. So it's like, oh, why did she do this? And, is like, Tristan messy, still messy, around messy. or is he gone too? So he's still, he's gone. Like, so Chloe has made statements sort of in passing and in comments that basically, Chloe has confirmed that she's broken up with Tristan and she's made like a few like, you know, like, oh, what doesn't kill you make you stronger type of stories and stuff on Instagram, Mm -hmm. just like power empowered messages. Mm -hmm. And they've like made like Chloe, Kim has been sort of outspoken in like comments on Instagram and stuff where she's like, don't trust those hoes and stuff like that. (laughs) So there's a lot of obvious shade going on. But basically, it's just like no one knows why Jordan would do this, why she'd risk like her livelihood. She had to move out of Kylie's house. And like, it's just like, Jordan, what were you thinking? But she is doing a she hasn't spoken out about it, but she's doing a red table interview with um, the uh, um, Smith family. You know, like they do that facebook tv show i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) what's a red table interview it's just it's like the um oh my gosh will smith's wife is named jada pinkett smith jada jada pinkett smith hosts this red table it's called a red table talk and it's just like a facebook mini series where she and her mom and willow smith just like interview people interview like b-league celebrities yeah yeah and talk about like metaphysical like whoa what's what inspires you type things oh gosh and and so jordan booked it and she's gonna go on it and everyone's like is this true drama or did chris jenner just like script this whole thing to like make people talk about her you know (laughs) here's the thing is that supposedly (laughs) chris jenner is scripting all of this stuff but i sort of feel like none of it has like none of it has ever come out like okay this was actually (laughs) scripted you know what i mean like i remember when bruce jenner became caitlin jenner and everyone was like ah this was like a twist for the show (laughs) and it's like you know 10 years later whatever not a twist so (laughs) 
I I mean, if this is the case, much. yes, yeah. like like it would be great on their part, but I ah, this can't be. But I then know. also, like, has it been substantiated that yes, they like were one hundred percent cheating together? Like, is there well, evidence so, of that? So people. So the rumor came out because people at a party saw them making out. So no, there isn't like photos or anything, but multiple quote unquote sources okay. have like said they were seen together and left together and then were making out together. That's so messy. So, oh my I know, gosh. I like know, get it together, shady. people. <laughs> yeah. But then in another twist, um, the Bachelor creator, Mike Fleece, the Bachelor being the <laughs> reality TV show where you find okay. your true love after two months yes. dating was like, hmm, maybe this is perfect timing to um, get Chloe to be our next bachelorette, which would be such a hot mess. And I don't know if I'd be for it or against it, but he started like saying all this stuff about, oh, I'm in talks with Kris Jenner. Like, we're going to make this happen. Like, Chloe Kardashian, we're hoping you'll be, you'll choose this and like, we'll oh help you find gosh. your true love. And so Kim comes at him on Twitter and is like, hey, stop spreading lies. Like, this is total fake news. And he's like, you wouldn't know like our bachelorettes are under strict confidence they wouldn't even tell you and then kim posted a screenshot of a converse a text message between her and her mom and chloe where she's like is any of this true have you been reached out by the bachelor team and they were all like no this is total lies and mike Fleece still dug in his heels and he's like like i'm gonna like trust you like Again, this is confidential, but we'll see next when Bachelorette airs. And then Chloe had to get on and was like, stop using my heartache for clickbait. Like, this is fake news. I don't want anything to do with your show. Let me heal or I'll sue you. (laughs) And so he had to like, he had to take it back. And he's like, well, I was just trying to help you find true love. So all of it, all of it is just messy, delightful, sad, but um, oh really entertaining gosh. to talk about. So I feel like the move <laughs> here, Mike, clearly, is to get friggin' Jordan Woods on there because what's she got yes. to do now? You know? Yeah, exactly. I think She's she like, needs to be on the bench. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of am surprised that The Bachelor has not lowered itself to stunt casting B-League celebrities <laughs> yet. You know, like that seems like it yeah. would be a choice that they would make. However, if the like how much money would they have to pay Chloe Kardashian exactly. to be the like they don't have that yeah, kind of cash, I exactly. feel like. Exactly. That's what I feel cuz some people are like why haven't they gotten like a pro athlete to do The Bachelor? And I'm like I just don't think they can afford it. Like I think it would take a lot of money to convince these dudes and they're obviously like not, you know, <laughs> going to be there for the right reasons. Not that anyone is, but it's like easier to pretend that some schmo from Minnesota is like looking for a wife than it is to believe like, you know, some major league baseball player or an NBA star is going to get married after a month of dating. Well, and I, show. Don't, <laughs> and I don't know what like the payment structure is for The Bachelor, but I think that most of those people are there like, OK, they're probably not getting paid very much, but it's like, oh, yeah. OK, I want the publicity. So that's why I'm going exactly. on this show. But if you're yeah. Kyrie Irving, you're not going on the show because you, nobody knows who you are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be doing you're only going on that if you're favorite. getting paid. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also those people have access to gorgeous women whenever they want you know it's like Mm -hmm. they're not gonna find a better slew of women on the show than they would going to a bar and having everyone like fawn over them oh yeah true i mean you could probably get your younger sister's best (laughs) or your wife's younger sister's best friend (laughs) to make out with you exactly if you're a professional basketball player (laughs) yeah 
Okay, well, talking about things that are really expensive uh, and sort of <laughs> transitioning into us talking about the Oscars, I don't know if you have looked into these this at all, but I saw an article that was about the Oscar gift bags that celebrities oh. receive. Did you read anything about this? No, but I love hearing the gossip. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you are a nominee, and I also think a presenter at the Oscars, so if you like get up there and present an award, you uh-huh. get like a gift basket. That's your payment for doing it and i think probably like way back in the day these gift baskets were you know what like a basket full of nice things but now they are these like huge like virtual thousands of dollars worth of little trinkets and trips and coupons for things like tickets all kinds of stuff that come in like multiple suitcases that are delivered to these people's houses like days in advance because there's just like there's so much stuff that they can't get it at the actual ceremony And they are full of the most random stuff because I also think that it's kind of like anybody like companies like pay to put their stuff in these baskets because then these celebrities have it and could potentially like promote it because it's getting into the hands of all of these A-list people. So these companies put wild things in these baskets. And just to begin with, do you want to guess the like total retail price of one of these Oscar presenter gift baskets? I don't know. Probably like, I don't even know. I want to say something outrageous, but then it probably won't even be outrageous enough. But is it like (laughs) $20,000? It is $148,000. That is the price. That is the price of these. Let me (laughs) list off some of these things that are in this basket. Okay. You get a dual vaporizer that is worth $250. A vampire breast lift, which apparently has to do with with, (laughs) like like doing something with blood and making your breasts look perky in some way that is worth $1,900. You get... A lifetime supply of Perret tea nourishing cream and tea cleansing (laughs) bars, which is worth $31,000. You get a private walking tour of Japan for up to 15 days. (laughs) You also get $5,000 worth of plastic surgery from 74 Park Plastic Surgery. And then to top it all off, you get a thing of chapstick worth $6 and also a package of Pepperidge Farm Milano cookies. I mean, there's lots of other things in there, too. But those are like the things that I could find I mean, and found so that's interesting. it's not that out- outrageous. It's only like eight things. And most of them no, are like... There's way more stuff than that. That was just like a, a, a procured list of the weirder things that yeah. are in there. That's pretty... Do you think... Like most of these celebrities who get this don't even care and they just end up forgetting about it. Like I forget most of the things I get in a gift basket, you know? I like Where I get are you a getting a gift for, like, basket? You know, like it's like I get a coupon for like my mm, dog walking and I just like never use it because it's too much effort or like, <laughs> you know, I get some I mean, hand sanitizer and I just throw it out immediately. Yeah. Do you think that's oh, what yeah. they're doing? <laughs> they're I, like, I would imagine a walking so. tour of Japan. Ugh, as if. Like, I don't walk anywhere. Like, well, Japan would be mob me. <laughs> I mean, I think that they probably, I mean, these are A-list celebrities. Yeah. So I'm sure that somebody or another who's getting this is, is using the walking tour because they're like, ooh, a free vacation but i bet that it's like a nuisance to 
plan and schedule this. And so probably oh, a lot yeah. of people don't do it. Or like, you know, the <laughs> vampire breast lift. Like, right. lots of celebrities aren't going to use that. I mean, sure, maybe like a couple of them do. But I bet a lot of it is like they're putting it in there and they're expecting a lot of people not to use oh, it yeah. when it's these voucher type things. I mean, yeah, the Milano yeah. cookies, like somebody's <laughs> eating those. Yeah. Probably an assistant. Where... Yeah, exactly. Maybe this is where the celebrities get the gifts for their assistants for National Assistant Day. And this is where Kylie goes, hey, Jordan, do you want some (laughs) Milano cookies and a CBD oil lotion? Exactly. (laughs) Lifetime supply. It's yours. You're welcome. Yes. So Uh. thoughtful. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, how the other half lives. Yes. that's, um, That's what we get to talk about is these people praising themselves and giving out awards and patting themselves on the back (laughs) (laughs) yes this is the oscars the 91st oscars academy awards we've been talking about this and speculating about these things for (laughs) months now so it's very interesting to finally like be here at the end of the season we've seen the movies we've seen who won we've seen how all of the weird oscar ceremony drama played out so where do you want to start what do you want to talk about first there's so much to go into first of all just starting off on the right note just really want to kick things out i would just like to point out that i won i beat you in our oscar pool so <laughs> i got 16 right out of 24 and what was your final score you know i don't remember because i feel a different <laughs> uh different oh, okay, uh, sure. like cheat yeah, che- yeah, yeah. you know so i mean one of them i got them all right it was probably if it wasn't this one it was a different one right of course well i mean in our little circle I came out on top and I would have done better, but I just didn't want Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book to win so much. So wow. it was like it was like a good Oscars, I guess. I mean, compared to last year, it was especially good. And I think the numbers show that. I think this is the best watched Oscars in recent years. Viewing was up by a large percent and all around it was much better. I mean, Last year, the Oscars went on over four hours. This is an interesting take that you have. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to get into it. <laughs> well, last year it was four hours. This year it was three hours and 15 minutes. So it still ran long, but it was a much more palatable for me. But yeah, I mean, I guess to start, like, what were you thinking going into it? Like, you knew there would be no host. You knew who would be presenting. Were you surprised by the end of it all? Or were you? did you enjoy it? Or were you disappointed? So I guess, yeah. Let's talk about the no host thing to begin with. <laughs> yes. I, I felt like in general, this Oscars, it didn't necessarily seem rushed to me. But it mm-hmm. seemed sort of bare bones, austere, like nothing that exciting to me happened <laughs> outside of the like awards themselves which granted okay, yes so like, you're the you're like the fan of Ansel Igor shooting hot dogs out of a cannon and like Ellen DeGeneres having the biggest like selfie on Twitter that's like your jam that's what you want well it's like for me it's like <laughs> watching the Oscars is like going to a baseball game let's say that uh-huh, so uh-huh. 
it's there's a certain amount of stuff that like has to be done that you enjoy watching. It's like I enjoy watching a baseball game. You have to play through the innings. I enjoy <laughs> watching the Oscars. You have to hand out these awards. Like there's a certain amount of stuff that has to be done. But both of those things take a good while. And so you can either do like a really bare bones version and be like, okay, we're going to make this a little shorter and we're just going to like go through this, but we're not going to have anything exciting. Or you can be like, you know what? <laughs> we're going to make it a little longer. We're going to add in some like musical numbers. We're going to do some fireworks. We're going to do the YMCA, <laughs> like make it a little bit more exciting to kind of cut up the monotony. And this wow, I felt like in years so past, I love when, you know, halfway through the awards, we kind of take a break and then come back to the awards because then I get more excited for the second half where this year for the ceremony being so much shorter, I felt like almost tired out uh, about three quarters of the way through because it was just like (laughs) person after person after person at the podium. And I was like, I need something interesting to like split this up for me. The truth jumps out. You don't care about the awards. You don't care about the Oscars. You care about the pomp and circumstance of these celebrities entertaining you. You don't care about the acceptance speeches. You just want more celebrity antics. Do we not love good TV? Like <laughs> I want I want a fun, oh crazy gosh. musical number. I want a monologue. Wow, I want wow, a bus wow, full wow. of random people coming into the auditorium <laughs> no. and being like, that's Denzel no, Washington. No, no. Those are I things that I'm looking for. So much better this year. I thought it was so much more palatable. I didn't feel as burned out by the end. I was like, oh wow. Things are running so smoothly. There's no like awkward joke that didn't work out. Like it was just you got your pithy, like funny um, presenters. You got some really funny, awkward, moving acceptance speeches. And it was all about, you know, the movies, the awards, the accepting. It's like I didn't want any of that weird nonsense that like just makes me embarrassed for whoever planned it. I mean, here's the thing. It... (laughs) Some years the bits are bad and then yeah. it's like, well, well, now this is worse because it is longer and also these parts weren't interesting. <laughs> but ideally, it should be fun. Like it should be a, yeah. like the year that Justin Timberlake opened the show and, you know, had that dance number where they were dancing through the aisles. Like that was such a fun opening. And I yeah. love a good monologue when it's entertaining. Like Hugh right. Jackman's opening song was really good. The year he hosted. Like that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. I want you know ellen to bring in pizza really quick and watch the celebrities be like what do i do with this pizza i'm in a fancy dress like you know i want a little bit of that in there and i don't necessarily need to just like blitz through all of these speeches (laughs) so that we get to the end and i'm like i can't even remember what happened because they were just like so quick and fast they all like run together This is blowing my mind. I mean, I see what you mean. And I agree that there have been some really fun monologues. But I feel like the monologues tend to run way too long and drag. And like, and I was really impressed by how they transitioned. Uh, Like, okay, so I did not love Queen opening. I thought that was weird. Ugh, no yeah, one that seemed was into bad. it. Nobody wanted and that. And it was seemed like weird to like favor a yep. a movie that way. Uh-huh. But but once it was like, hey, we're starting in the first the trio of Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and uh Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph came out and they did like a pretend a pretend like monologue. I thought that worked so well. It was only a few minutes long. It made just enough jokes it was entertaining and like comforted us who were missing the longer extended monologues and it was like 
we got our first award five minutes into the show. Whereas like last year, I think the timestamp was 18 minutes to get through the opening monologue. And that's like too long, you know? No. The the thing with the (laughs) monologue is that it's a bunch of movie jokes, which are so funny. I love like movie jokes because they're so inside (laughs) and you don't get them anywhere else. Like I always watch the monologue. I watched the... um, the Indie Spirit Awards were this weekend and Aubrey Plaza uh-huh. hosted them and she did a monologue and it was so <laughs> funny. She did a fun opening number and then she did like an opening skit thing that was pre-recorded and then she had her monologue and yeah, maybe it was like 15 minutes long, but I thought it was really funny the whole time. And yeah. then she kind of came back in and out throughout the ceremony and, you know, had like little clips and banter and little funny things that she did. And I just wanted that. I love, I like a good host. And I feel like they tied the show yeah. together at the end where Julia Roberts is like, okay, we're packing up, like kids go to bed. Like it would have been nice to have <laughs> a host awkward. there to just like tie it all together. You know, it was a little awkward. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like the ending's always weird because the host just pops out after not being seen for an hour and is like, thanks everyone. Good night. You know, so yeah, but this was a spe- this was especially awkward. <laughs> this was especially that awkward. is so interesting. I mean, I overall I have a lot more really hot takes about worked. this ceremony. So, so just wait. So, do you think that they'll do a host next year, or that they'll just try and continue no host? No, I think that they'll do a host. I mm. think that if they that the ideal version is to have a good host. Like I thought that Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> was fun the last couple of years. I think Hugh Jackman was good. I like yeah. Whoopi Goldberg's great. I I think that they'll try to get somebody. Also, just to the casual person watching the Oscars. I, people watch for the hosts like i was talking but with one of my siblings show that it did well it did better than it the did, last few years it did better than the last few years because the movies that were nominated were <laughs> were movies that more people yeah, had seen yeah. that's the that's, that's the reason why it, why more people watched it <laughs> but i was talking to one of my brothers and i was like yeah and there's no host they asked me she's like well why like why would you watch if there's not a host <laughs> it's like if you're like some people watch will watch every year they'll watch for the awards some people yeah. watch the watch because there's movies that they're rooting for but i think uh-huh. that having somebody who is a big name who they know is going to be funny and is going to do fun bits like makes incentivizes people to watch when maybe they aren't necessarily invested right. in like who is going to win best costume design you yeah, know yeah 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 no it's true I thought they made I, the best yeah. of what they could with the fact that they didn't have a host <laughs> and so they got funny presenters. But ideally, you want a good host and funny presenters. Right. And, it, and then there's more there to kind of watch and be excited by. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I guess I see your point, but I was pretty... I was okay with how things went, but I'm sure they'll do a host again. So you'll be happy next So, year. okay, here's the thing. If we're going to cut time, like if we have... If we're like, okay, we need to trim down some time on these Oscars. I have a very good idea of one <laughs> easy know. place that can we can axe. Okay. I did not care for, and I don't understand why they do this, why we have to have a specific person come out and introduce each one of the best picture nominees yeah. <laughs> individually at eight different times throughout the evening. They have to come out. They give this long-winded speech. We already know what these movies are about. Then we have the montage. Then we have to reintroduce them all again at the yeah. end with another montage. And it also feels weird that some of them are presented like at the beginning or middle and then there's a couple yeah. that are right before the like it felt like green book was going to win because green book was the one that they presented like right before they presented the awards and i also don't understand 
understand why they picked the per the people that they did to <laughs> announce each other. Like there was just a lot of time spent there, and I think that you could easily just wait till the end do like maybe a little bit longer package of the these are the nominees where you show a couple more clips and then move into the awards like by the time we got to the best picture i was like like i had totally forgotten whatever somebody had said about the favorite (laughs) and whatever somebody had said about vice you know like the early ones yeah i didn't i don't like that either i feel like that's a recent thing isn't it i feel like it's just been the last few years but maybe i just blocked it from my memory i think it I, i don't think that they've always done that but i I think that that yeah. is an area that if okay if we're looking to cut time <laughs> yeah. let's cut yeah that. exactly i think there i think that would be good and i think they could also just trim maybe how long the clips are that they <laughs> introduce each they introduce each nominee and then they cut to the nominee's face and then they do the next nominee package and then they cut to it's just it takes a while and it just all starts to drag. And there's like this moment in the like third hour of the show where you're like, is this ever going to end? But I mean, should we talk about some of the how the awards went, how they shook out? Like where? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the newsworthy we part. So is we probably the, yeah. should talk about the awards. <laughs> yeah. So let's start a big picture or big picture. Best picture. <laughs> also big picture, I guess, for the night. Best picture goes to Green Book, which I think some people had sort of predicted. Some people thought that it was going to be Roma. There's the whole weird preferential ballot of it all where they're voting and they're ranking things. So it's not pundits will get really into the math and be like, okay, well, people put the favorite is the third option. And then, you know, so there's all kinds of weird stuff going on there math wise, more or less like our rankings last week where I just kind of like pick what I want to (laughs) do. You're like, I get this. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. But (laughs) a lot of people are very upset that Green Book won. They think it's one of the worst best picture winners that we've had. Um, I don't know. Are you how hyperbolic are you in your dislike or like of this movie winning I, best picture? I was pretty upset. I mean, it was weird because the whole show, like obviously there were some wins for Green Book. There were some wins for Bohemian Rhapsody. But overall, I felt like a lot of the awards were went to a lot of diversity, a lot of female representation like I felt like there was a lot that made me think wow maybe Hollywood is changing like maybe they are more woke but then to end the night on like this sad fart noise of a failure like it was just like we gave it to Green Book and it's like it's not just the movie it's not it's like it's everything wrapped up in the movie how the Peter Ferrelli Ferrelli and the writer and the stars all talk about it and they're just all defensive and annoying and then you find out one of them had some Islamophobic tweets in the past the other one was like whipping out his dick on set in previous movies it's like there's not a lot of good coming from this thing and it just feels more and more rancid and I just am not I'm not a fan. <laughs> so I think that is where the disconnect is. You and I were on Twitter. We know the backstory of all these movies. We know the things that are going on on set. Mm-hmm. And I think that just for the average person and also for the average Oscar voter, because just because you're an Oscar voter doesn't necessarily mean that you are on film Twitter and in tune with all of this stuff. I think a lot of there's thousands of people in the Academy. And I think a lot of them are people who, you know, are less involved with the like current state of cinema and more involved with their specific projects at any given 
one point. And so they're voting based on sort of like just having seen the movies or just having heard of the movies in some cases with some people, I'm sure. And like there were people at the Oscar party I was at that when Green Book won were cheering and were super excited because they had went and saw the movie and they liked the movie and they were excited that it won. And they didn't necessarily know about all of this backstory and issues with the director and whatever. So I agree. But I think it's also more than that. You know, like I think I think that's sort of what rankled me the most. But then the movie, when you think about it, is more and more problematic. And like the story it tells and the and the truth it like reveals about these people watching it who think it's the best film of 2018, that it's it does something important when really it's just an entertaining and well done film. But it's not at all like an important film. It's not doing anything that it says it's doing, that they're insisting that it's saying. And it's like it's a pretty white savory kind of movie that's more problematic than I think it's allowing it's admitting. I mean, I I would agree with you, but I think that in order to have that opinion, you have to really look at it very carefully <laughs> and look at the context. Yeah. And because if you watch the movie, I mean, when I got out of the movie, I was like, "This was great. I loved right. the story. I loved the message of like, you know, if you under if you spend time with somebody else and get to understand them, you'll see them differently than just like viewing yeah. them as a stereotype." Both of the performances are really good. It's shot well. The music's great. The you know, like there's a lot to like in the movie and if you just went and saw it and then didn't be like okay let me get out my like multicultural literary analysis and let me like look (laughs) at the backstory of the people in this movie i mean like do i think that it should have won no i think that really i mean with the exception of maybe like vice and bohemian rhapsody i feel like all of the other best picture (laughs) nominees were more deserving of this win but i can sort of see why it happened and i don't necessarily agree with the people on twitter who are like this one only won because donald trump supporters were (laughs) rigging the ballots it's like no like this was a perfectly fine good movie that was just on the surface and it you if you somebody didn't look at it closely i could see you know enjoying it more than yeah and i I think that's part of the problem though right like it's not the extremes we sometimes try to say is like this isn't some someone who voted for this movie wasn't actively saying like i'm a white supremacist you know it's like it's like falls in the same camp as the help or blindside people were really into those movies and they were like moved by them and i think they were all like given some award recognition but when you look at it it's just the stories of these of these white people who should be fringe characters to these stories of black these black characters who should be the lead, but are instead like it's from the perspective of this white person. And so I think that's where it's like bad optics in 2019 to give the best picture to a movie that isn't challenging or isn't trying anything different, especially since 2018 was just chock full of movies that really explored race in such an interesting way from black Klansmen to like the hate you give or blind spotting or, or even black Panther or sorry to bother you. And like, it's yeah. and if Beale Street should could talk, it's like it's weird that that movie that they're all celebrating for. It's like oh, take on racism and like wow, how interesting and like what a beautiful message that that's the one they hone in on in a ser- in a year where there were so many movies that tackled the same idea. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I think, though, that there's like two ways to look at this, right? You can look at the Green Book One Best Picture and say like, oh, this year was a disaster. Or you can look (laughs) at the rest of the stuff that happened this year and be like, okay, we're not all the way where we need to be, but we're like moving in that direction. Because if you look at the other nom or the other winners, like just moving down the list. Okay. It's like Regina King is is a black woman. The the makers of Free Solo are minorities and one of them is a woman. The costume design and production design were both won by black women. Alfonso Cuaron is an immigrant from Mexico of Hispanic descent and he won three different awards. Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali won award. Spider-Man is about a black kid growing up in the inner city. Bao was directed by women and women of color. The best documentary short was won by a bunch of women. Like th- there's so much like oh, diversity yeah. in the winners this year that you did not see in the last couple of years. So I do sort of feel like to, to look at this and be like, Oh gosh, like this was a suck year because green book one is like not looking at all of the great things that also happened with the winners leading up to that. Yeah, I know. But how about that speech though? Am I right? Like I just hated their winning speech so much. It was just like, just when the green book cat, this the whole team got on stage. It was just this oh, yeah. few white people. And then uh, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer also yeah, there. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, move, there. Clo- move closer to the yeah. mic, Octavia. <laughs> get in this shot with us. Get in this shot with us. Also, Mahershala, could you even... and your weird hat, could you come yeah. here, please? <laughs> and they like, the first thing they said was thank you to Vigo. And they never ever thanked Don Shirley like they never said thanks for the inspiration you know like it was just bad optics like I think that's it sort of just like ruined the night a little bit but I I get what you say because overall like I was pretty impressed by the rest of the evening so you know there was some good things like I haven't done I did not sit here and do the math but I mean just like looking through this quickly I feel like half of the people at least in this right winning list are people of like different backgrounds it's not the typical okay let's get a three quarters of the awards are won by six-year-old white guys like there was a lot of (laughs) diversity in the winners which i think is is exciting because there were a lot of great movies this year that came from people of a lot of different backgrounds and yeah and it just like led to the best parts i mean like ruth carter Ruth Carter's speech was one of my favorites yeah, for the costume for design costume. for Black Panther. And then that was followed by Hannah Beachler, who did the production design for Black Panther. And that was a beautiful speech. And then period, end of sentence, like literally almost made me cry with all that girl power on that stage. Have you watched like, that? Yes. Yeah, I watched it before because you told me it was on Netflix. It was yeah. so sweet. I, I told know. everyone in my family to watch it. <laughs> it's such a good you didn't short. didn't vote for it, though. So I didn't think it was going to win. But then, it, I mean, I was happy it did. My ballot wasn't yeah, let yeah. me pick my favorites. It was let me try to predict what's going to happen here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the Academy was better than you gave it credit for. So that's at least a positive. And also, the <laughs> the real thing that we need to be talking about here is that one of the best movies of the year was recognized. First Man won an award for best visual <laughs> you effects. You didn't Oscar- even think it would win that one. I picked that it would win the <laughs> other ones that it lost, but yeah, Oscar, Oscar winning, winning first there man, you, you know, people how many movies can happen? <laughs> pe- people said, and I said, no, it's great. And it turned out it yeah. beat Avengers. It beat Avengers, uh, which is really like yeah. the moral of, of my life is 
that <laughs> art long as something beats and important Avengers, cinema yeah. beats yeah. the trash course, superhero movies. So that's what I'm trying to teach you every week here, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. Well, some trash still won because Bohemian Rhapsody took prizes for sound sound editing, sound mixing, and um and editing and editing, right? Yes. So uh and oh yeah, and best actor, yeah, because it won yeah. four awards. Right. So the the thing is with messy, messy, messy. Yeah, <laughs> is it supposedly it won film editing because the editor had to like put together this movie <laughs> based to on together, yeah, yeah the like ha- these shots. And you that, can tell. <laughs> yes, that Brian Singer had like taken for him, and then he right. kind of had to put it together without the director and yeah. with the director being fired halfway through the performance. It was a tough job, tough job. But did it deserve best editing? No, it didn't because. It was a hot mess. <laughs> sound mixing sort of makes sense because sound mixing is taking all of the different right. sounds and then like putting them together. So the fact that Rami Malek isn't singing, but like is sort of singing and he's combining <laughs> it with the queen. Like, okay, yeah. I can see giving it sound mixing. Sound editing is like the creation mm. of sounds for a movie. So that's like yeah. uh, coming up. Okay, there's blasters. We need to figure out what those sounds are going to be. We're going to do Darth right. Vader's, you know, breathing apparatus. Like coming up with yeah. sounds. What sounds? did they have to come up with for (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody they already had the music and it's set in like the real world like nothing exciting is going on there so the fact that it won that really just told me that the people who were voting for that award did not know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing and were like ah Bohemian Rhapsody yeah they usually go to the same film I think exactly because people just don't know the difference or don't remember which one is what and it's sad because yeah I think sound mixing sound editing is one of the more interesting ones that i think i wish people like realized what it was more because i think it's such a cool thing that they do and so it's sad when it goes to a movie that's maybe less worthy of it because i feel like any of like a quiet place was nominated wasn't it and first man yeah like, oh first man they could have yes. done a lot better yeah <laughs> The, th- the thing with, like, First choice. Man is that they are making a movie about going into outer space. Well, obviously, right. they don't have the sounds recorded of, okay, yeah. what does it happen when you open a hatch on the moon? Like, all of those things are sounds that have to be recreated. And if you watch a movie, just about every sound that isn't the dialogue, and even a good chunk of the dialogue, is recorded separate from the movie taking place like mm-hmm. if you hear somebody walking in a movie or somebody like drinking something right. those are not sounds recorded on set those are sounds that somebody else has recorded and then has to put in in time with the movie because the yeah. mics don't usually pick up those things yeah and i think it was interesting because like i i remember hearing that like a quiet place it like they like worked with deaf people to make to recreate like how that would sound and like what that would be like. And I think that movie was all about sound, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like weird that that didn't get any recognition, but like Bohemian Rhapsody, which they just plopped a pre-recorded concert onto the end of a movie, you know, it's just weird that it got that recognition, but yeah, it's strange. Whatever. (laughs) So the award that I feel like was the most exciting and the thing that we need to talk about is best actress, which everybody thought that Glenn Close was going to win. She had been nominated seven times before six. I think this was her seventh time. She'd been nominated six Mm -hmm. times before she had never won. She'd won basically every precursor to this. Some people had said, Oh, maybe Lady Gaga will win. Maybe Olivia Coleman will win, but I don't think, 
anybody thought that they were going to. <laughs> Glenn Close shows yeah. up in this gold gown that weighs 40 pounds, clearly <laughs> like just universe. ready for her Oscar. <laughs> they stick her in the center of the front row. Like everybody yeah. is ready for Glenn Close to win. They announce it. It's Olivia Coleman. She seems yes. completely shocked, gets up on stage like has a great speech, but like clearly not prepared. Speaking <laughs> off the cuff, apologizes to Glenn Close for taking her Oscar. How shocked were you in the moment that that was happening? <laughs> I was like shocked, but then I was like, you know what? I should have seen this coming because she's won a couple of times. She's so charming. She honestly, I thought Richard E. Grant was going to win for the same reason because I was like, oh, everyone's going to like want to see him like give his speech and like he's such a treasure. So it sort of like made sense once I heard her name. I was like, oh yeah, I should have guessed that. But it was exciting because it was my favorite moment of the night too. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved her speech. I thought that her speech was <laughs> the best. If I, I loved yes. hers. I loved the uh, free solo people when they won. I thought that they had a really good speech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved the period I mean, they of almost end of forgot to thank. people. Did they did they end up thanking the actual rock climber cuz I know they thanked her his girlfriend, but Well, I the best like part of I their speech <laughs> was where one of them thanked one of the children and then not the other one and then the and then <laughs> yeah. the man had to say like, "Oh, and also our other kid." Like <laughs> sorry forgotten second child that you almost didn't get acknowledged yeah, it happens you know <laughs> it's a big moment but yeah that was exciting i also um i really enjoyed the vice makeup team i thought they did a really good job oh at- wow <laughs> that was something that was i think the second award of the night and oh, yeah. the three really of them off. get up there they have one sheet of paper between the three of them the woman in the middle keeps like (laughs) pointing out sections on the paper for the other ones to read at one point she points to something to the guy and the guy goes oh i already read that (laughs) i I saw silence i saw a joke on twitter (laughs) that said that their speech was like everybody giving a a school presentation in like middle school and i was like that is the most accurate thing i have ever seen (laughs) because definitely in middle school you're like oh janelle this is your line like you're You're supposed to say that the part about yeah. the moon like no okay feeling, yeah no excitement yes yeah. <laughs> it was so weird it was like it was the biggest argument for for giving that award during commercials it's like yeah this should have been done like behind the scenes no one had to see this it's really unfortunate we just spent three minutes with them because it was painful okay so i have i have an idea <laughs> another idea for the oscars so they were okay. thinking about putting four of the category wins during the commercial breaks and airing those later and yeah. they had like picked some sort of at random and then there was a lot of backlash to that and saying that no all mm-hmm. of the categories are equal they all need to be aired some of these speeches were not good. And I, and I never understand it at the Oscars that this is the culmination of your life's work. You are winning an Oscar. <laughs> Only like 24 people do it every year. And you are one of them. And yet some people get up on that stage and act like nothing big is going on. They're, <laughs> they're, they're not excited. They're not nervous. Yeah. They're not overwhelmed. They just sort of half-heartedly like, like read something and then get off the stage. And I think, wouldn't it be fun if four categories get aired during the commercial every year, but it's voted on based on the previous year's 
speeches. So like they show all of the speeches and they say like everybody vote on your favorite and the four that have the least votes, those categories get moved to the break the next year. So you're like, yeah. if your speech is bad, that not just affects like that affects the just other people him. in your branch. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's like people, Hunger Games. yeah, you got to bring a good <laughs> speech because if you suck and you're the cinematographer, guess what? Cinematography is on a commercial net break next year. Like, I think that's a good strategy. That's a good idea. Yeah, get that to the academy. Make that happen. That'd be entertaining. I mean, it'd for sure be costumes. And then I'm trying to think of other bad moments. I but... mean, the, the Bohemian Rhapsody sound editing sound mixing oh, yeah. people. I feel like neither Honestly, of them were very Green exciting. Green Book. I hate whenever Green Book wins. So would that mean Best Picture would be a commercial? <laughs> no, I don't think you come with Best Picture. <laughs> Maybe the uh, they won, Too what, bad. original screenplay? I think that one yeah, could have yeah. gone. You know, you that know. was one of my favorite moments is Samuel L. Jackson had to read the <laughs> award for Green Book and he was so not into it. He was just like, oh yeah, Green Book. But, but then, then he was very into it when <laughs> yeah, Spike then Lee he won. he got to announce Spike Lee for Black Klansman and they had the sweetest moment. He like leapt into his arms and bear hugged him and they were just cheering and yeehawing and it was just great. And but Samuel- then... But then Spike, Spike Lee, Lee like, did proceed to get out a crumpled piece of paper <laughs> and like have to bend over to read this thing into the mic. Yeah, I couldn't understand half of yeah. what he was saying. <laughs> he At was the party, excited. we were like, is this like slam poetry? What is this? This makes no sense. <laughs> it was like based on, I know, it seemed like it was award like thank you speeches he'd written throughout his career that he finally got to give. Yeah. Because he got up and he was like, don't turn that mother effing clock on and... And then they let him talk for a pretty long time, just where he gave his speech and told everyone to vote and then said, do the right thing. It was all over the place, but it was endearing. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it, too. But I was sort of like, okay, this is killing the energy. I want Olivia <laughs> Coleman moments. Like, I want you to be excited. Yeah. I want you to get up there. I want you to sort of stumble your way through something that's, like, heartfelt and very emotional. Yeah. I mean, or, or dance, be like... monkey, dance. Yes. Or, like, Regina King, get up there and be like, have some emotion to you. Yeah. The person who I thought could have been bumped to a commercial break, Mahershala Ali. His speech was nothing. I think he's embarrassed. I think he's embarrassed from his part in that movie. I think as the season has gone on, he's become more and more self-conscious and maybe remorseful for his part in it. And he just keeps pushing himself to the sidelines. Like he's, he doesn't, he's disavowing it almost is my take. I mean, maybe the, another he's thing just, like, just to bring up quickly, like what was going on <laughs> with people and their weird friggin' beanies and hats this week? I feel like t- <laughs> Like, there were so many people wearing strange hats. Was this a trend? Is this a new thing? Like, like no, I mean, these don't look good. Take them off. Spike Lee and Mahershala and... and uh... Who else? There was somebody in the in the <laughs> free solo group, I feel like, that was wearing a hat. Uh, I mean, there yeah. were people in the audience that were wearing... Like, there was just a <laughs> lot of hats. Um, Bradley Cooper's mom had a hat on. Like... <laughs> There was just a lot. Just too much. Yeah, this is the Kentucky hats. Derby. Take off your hat. The Get ol- out of here. The only people who looked good in hats were Brian Tyree Henry and Melissa McCarthy when they came out to present <laughs> for costumes. That's the that stuff. That's a great moment. That's what I want. That's what I want the host for. More of but that. But that's just, uh, but the host doing that just make, drags it on too long. That's what I liked about this is it's like they did their bit. It was perfect and it was over. They didn't have to like keep making jokes until we were no longer laughing, you know? 
well, if you if you got rid of the eight best picture presenters <laughs> and the four people from the with the worst speeches from last year, their categories yeah. got bumped to the commercial there you break. Go. You we have time. It. And you got rid of yeah. the whiskey cavalier commercials that played every three seconds. And you got rid of that bit about <laughs> yeah. the still under construction Oscar museum that's a money suck. <laughs> like there would be there'd be so much time. Mm, um so yeah. a quick segment that I want to run here okay. is called Would It Have Been Better? And in this segment, we're going to look at the things that the Oscars tried to do this year and then ended up not doing and saying, with hindsight, would it have been better if they had followed through with what they had said originally? Okay. 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 So first up, we have the popular film. Would the Oscars have been better <laughs> if there had been a popular film? And judging by, so I went back and looked at films with the biggest box office returns. And you have to kind of assume that, if it's going to be films that make a lot of money and then it's probably also going to be pulled from things that are already sort of nominated. Like, I don't think the Meg is going to be nominated for best popular film. (laughs) So the movies that made the most money and were already Oscar nominated were Black Panther, Avengers, Incredibles 2, Solo, (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star is Born, Ralph Breaks the Internet, A Quiet Place, Mary Poppins Returns and Ready Player One. So if there was a category that had five of those and then Black Panther obviously wins, like would that have gotten anybody else to watch the show? Like would it have made it better? Would it have gotten more viewers? I don't know. I, I don't... I think I'm less upset about the idea of it except that I think it would just be an excuse to not have popular films in the best picture lineup. So I think it's good they don't do it would the show itself have been better? I mean, maybe, I guess. (laughs) Maybe I'm a supporter. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't get into Best Picture if it's uh, nominated for Best Popular Film, so that could have been a slot for something. Uh, I feel like Crazy Rich Asians was also sort of on the bubble there. Maybe that would have gotten nominated for Best Popular Film. Uh, Also, your favorite, The Mule, that made a lot of money. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, well, what does that mean for an Oscar? Like, do you want to win Best Popular Film at the Oscars? Because it just seems sort of counterintuitive. So... Okay. I'm okay. glad they didn't do it. So no. Okay. So no. So no. <laughs> so would it have been better if they had moved the sp- four of the speeches to the commercial break? <laughs> Those speeches would have been cinematography, which was the first time that Alfonso Cuaron won tonight out of his three Oscars. Film editing, which went to the Bohemian Rhapsody people. Makeup, which went to the Vice people who did their class presentation. We're all going to yes. read off the same note card. And live action short, which went to the movie Skin, where, I don't know, there was like a fairly exuberant woman who was accepting the award, but otherwise I don't really remember much. Would we have been fine with an abbreviated version of those four awards? I mean, from when they said it, and I thought it meant we would never see it, I was like, hells no. But the way they described it is like, oh, you'd still see it. We would just edit the walk a little bit. And I was like, well, that'll only carve off like a single minute. So it's like, is it even worth it? So would it be better in general? No. Would it have been better this year in particular? Yeah, I would have loved to <laughs> to miss all those, basically. So I think we're agreeing that it would be better if the four <laughs> people with the worst speeches this year had their categories bumped yeah, to the commercials yeah. next really, year I in, like a comp- that idea. in a competition. Yeah, okay. Exactly. We'll make that happen. So Kevin Hart was supposed to be the host. Would this have been better if Kevin Hart was the host? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I don't think so I'm either. A, I'm a pro no host. Yeah. I think that if Kevin Hart had been the host, we wouldn't have gotten the 
half monologue by the three SNL ladies. And really, yeah. we want the three of them to be the hosts anyway. So like, yeah, let's no, just let them great. do it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Another thing that they had talked about doing yes. was skipping some of the songs, yes. the best original songs. Would you have been yes. good if they had only <laughs> performed two of those instead of four? Yes. Hands down. Like, I was so. I mean, maybe it was just because the songs they chose to nominate this year. But as soon as Jennifer Hudson started singing, I was like, you know what? I could have lived without this. And then there was the the cowboy song and i was like no this is more boring than the actual ceremony and then bet midler came out for some reason and that was a boring song so it was just like why is this happening i was not a fan of any of the numbers and then shallow happened and that was like fine it's it's a song it happened it was longer than a minute and a half oh shallow was captivating i keep (laughs) that for sure like i i think i've watched it maybe five times there's i can't take my eyes (laughs) off it it's so strange and bizarre and their relationship is something so you're saying so you're saying you just want to take another look at it yes yes i do (laughs) yes come back to my weird limousine i want to stare at you all over again Uh, yeah, no, I think that they could have, I think maybe we, for each year, like we have to audition, you know what I mean? Like all of the the people maybe like put something on YouTube and we can sort of like gauge whether or not we want to see it in, in the live full version (laughs) because also then we ate up more time by the fact that some of those numbers had to be introduced by other people yes we couldn't just come out and say and do the ballad of buster scruggs song we had to introduce casey musgraves and have her come out and then she (laughs) had to read a long thing about these other two people who were going to be performing the song who didn't (laughs) perform it in the movie jennifer hudson was fine i know it's so weird what's the old lady's name she was like oh bet midler that dress was a, a travesty. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, something's going to pop out and song, it's not looking good. It was good. just all just I did not like it. I did not like it at all. Okay. So we've decided then I think that we don't need a popular film. We don't need Kevin Hart, but maybe a different host. We could skip some of the songs, <laughs> yeah. but we definitely yeah. want the four worst speeches from the previous year to have their <laughs> categories have to go on the commercial break the next year. I think it creates a, yeah. a sense of competition that is exciting. Right. Exactly. It motivates people. Yes. It's, it's like not only idea. did you have Some to compete drama. to win an Oscar, but you also have to compete right. for your branch to get to have your <laughs> your speech aired the following year. Maybe there should be an interactive element where kids at home can like text to decide if someone should be booted from the stage for a bad speech. And, like, the floor will fall out. I like that as well. I like that. Cut out. <laughs> Here's a bit that I loved from last year where Jimmy Kimmel said whoever had the shortest speech won a jet ski and then they were like sort of timing oh, them I as they went bit. and then he came out on a jet ski in the in the end. I thought that I was fun. I hated it. Oh man, you're just reminding me why I don't want to host ever again, honestly. <laughs> no one's going to ask you to host, Shelby, so you don't have to worry about <laughs> no, being the host. No, why I don't want a host. A host. Oh. What if I was the host? I could be such a good <laughs> yeah. Oscar host. Yeah, I'm all like, about the gimmicks. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be something else, you know? It's like Anne Hathaway says, it can't get any worse, you know? <laughs> Anne and I could be really good Oscar hosts together, I think. 
Yeah, write her a note. Maybe she'll do it. For I'm you. a good dancer. She's a good singer. Yeah. Uh, we could come <laughs> up with some fun monologue bits. I will. I am all about bringing Slurpees in and giving them to people. <laughs> I could definitely get some people off the street to come in and be surprised. This is just turning into your fantasy. Like mm. this is just what you, mm. you you go to bed dreaming of. Like maybe I get a gong and can hit up. it when yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyways, I think overall, like, did you enjoy the Oscars or was it not a great year for you? I felt like it wasn't a great year. I mean, I liked the, I liked some of the speeches and the things that won and we definitely moved through things quickly, but I felt like there wasn't a lot here that was like, uh, in next year when I'm looking back at this Oscars, like, what am I going to remember from it? I mean, obviously yeah. I'll remember like the things that won, but otherwise I'll remember Olivia Coleman's speech. I'll remember remember melissa mccarthy in the weird bunny dress <laughs> i'll remember the you know like what else there were lots of like good moments think- but not things that i would like you know that i'm j- gonna have forever in my but mind. it was like but like spike lee's win oh yeah like, i don't know i just enjoyed i think i liked seeing that part more than being distracted by like shiny bits meant to entertain us dumb folk back home who need some like <laughs> you know constant something happening so we pay attention i just i liked that it was just like this is the oscars and this is what we're gonna do and like don't, I don't appreciate the regionalism there that you're like <laughs> ah, i'm gonna pretend to be a dumb person let me do a southern accent you know there's a lot of well-educated yeah. people in the south shelby <laughs> no that's fair yeah that's true so maybe check your privilege a little generalizations bit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i live in the south so so it's it comes from oh, the heart. i guess does texas count as a- that's another story for another day (laughs) Uh, you know also going off of my let's you know get rid of the four people from who are the worst there should be a thing that if you are not showing exhibiting some sort of emotion by the time you get to the stage that you just don't even get a speech you know what i mean like if you get up to the stage and look like you know it's any given people are just shell shocked some people just don't show emotion you can't be judging people by the by the cover, you know? The cover is not the book. The cover is at the book. Got up. The cover is at the book. The no. It's like a trigger for you. If Anytime you, I say that, I know, you break into song. Because it's such a good song. <laughs> no. If you get up there and look lackadaisical, they should just hand you the award and you can go to the back and, you know, give your speech <laughs> somewhere you. else. Yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. some emotional vigor. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts on the Oscars? I feel like we've we've touched on most everything that's important. No, that's good. I do want to say Spike Lee after the Oscars was one of my favorite parts. And I guess when Green Book won, he stormed out. He tried to at least. Like, I don't know if you heard this, but he like left. He tried to leave the theater, but the doors were closed and they were like, you can't leave yet. Go back to your seat. And then he stopped and like talked to Jordan Peele and neither of them clapped or anything. And then afterwards, when he was in like the winner's you know, interview section. Everyone was asking him about it. And then on the like carpet afterwards, people were asking him and he just kept making these like eyes at the camera and these like jokes about how, oh, it's just not my cup of tea. It was just, it was strangely really delightful. I really liked that he was having so much fun, even though he was frustrated by the win. And I think that's an example we can all take to heart, you know, like Green Book won, but it was still a good time. Yeah. Yeah. The Oscars are always <laughs> a good time. Even when they're a bad time, they're a good time. You know, <laughs> there's no bad Oscars. Yeah. Like a lot of people have said, there's no bad movies in the Harry Potter universe. Like it's, you can't be done. So 
makes sense. That no one says that. A lot of a lot of people say that. The opposite has been said. There's no good movie in the Harry Potter. We're getting distracted. This doesn't matter. Like maybe one of our episodes should be we rank the Harry Potter films, and it'll all just be negative. No, then I have to rewatch them all, and I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I have trigger warnings. Uh, Yeah. Okay, shall, shall we get on to love it or hate it? Yes. Oh, well, first, oh. in Oscar-related news, we had our Oscar pool. Oh, yes. Which I'm proud to say no one at all guessed that Green Book would win. So really? props to us. Yeah, what did people guess? Person. Literally every other option was voted for at least once. Somebody every, voted, most people for voted for Roma. That, yes, that one person, person is, voted for Vice. Who is that? Give me no that person's one voted name. For Give Green me that person's no, name. No, I, res- I respect privacy. No, we need, a, we need them unfollowed. <laughs> but anyways, um, beating both you and I, two people scored 19 out of the 24. And that is and- low. That that tells you what a crazy year this was. You know what I mean? Like, says so the guy who got fourteen. Yeah, so but usually I do a lot better. Like I think I got yeah, nineteen yeah, or yeah. twenty last year. <laughs> this was a hard year to yeah. predict. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was shade, but it's true. It's true. It was a tough one, tough year. But um, uh, those two people we decided to draw at random, Ooh. and our winner for our. First annual Oscar pool goes to Julian Ramirez. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> I don't know who that is, which Me is probably either. for the best. <laughs> no nepotism. Yeah. Well, yes, a total. We had no idea. It's no, no one we're related to because they didn't guess that well, actually, but at least my family. But um, yeah, so that's exciting. Someone won a prize and that's why you should follow us because you never know um, when a giveaway will pop up. Yeah, so. Shelby's in charge. of. I even know, never know when a giveaway is popping up. Yeah. Shelby just does it and I'm like, oh, okay, that was a good idea. Yeah. But anyways, that's the last of our of our Oscar updates and I think it's an important one. So thanks everyone for entering and we hope you had a good time and you should have gotten your final scores. So Wait, a, oh yeah, I Sorry. got mine. It was... yeah. It was very exciting. <laughs> okay, but love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. Um, yeah, okay. what have you been doing? I have a love it. So oh, I nice. went and saw all of the shorts the, over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. For To prepare for the Oscars. And of one of them that I I think probably my favorite was one of the animated shorts called Weekends, which I don't know if you can find online yet, but I'm sure that you it'll <laughs> be on YouTube shortly if it's not there already. And I think that everybody mm-hmm. should check it out. It's really good. It's this beautiful animated movie about a, I think it, 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 I'm pretty sure it's Canadian. It's set out near Toronto about this boy who's kind of like going through uh, like the stages after his parents are getting divorced and kind of uh, like spending time with his mom and then spending weekends with his dad in the city and just about how he's adapting and dealing emotionally with these parents and how like they're kind of starting their own relationships with new people now that they're divorced and just how like you see that as a child and there's no talking in it. It's all just like music and Mm. really beautiful animation. And it's only like, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes long, but I just found it very moving to watch and thought it was such a good short. And it's so 
quick. You can watch it, you know, in the time that you're yeah. eating dinner. Like everybody should check it out. That's my that's I've my heard suggestion. All the, I've heard all the live action films are pretty depressing. Is that true? Oh yeah, I watched those. So let me let me <laughs> quick rundown of things that happen in the live action <laughs> yeah. movies. Okay, so there's yeah. one that is about a elderly lesbian woman who realizes that she like has thrown away her chances at love her whole life, and when she's falling in love with the woman who's like caring for her during hospice which is sort of sweet but miserable and then there is one where a child gets abducted at a beach there's one where a child shoots his father there's one where a child pushes another child into quicksand and the last one is where two children kidnap a baby torture it and murder it on a train track oh my gosh those are the options in best live action shorts so i would recommend skipping all of those I really want to watch them now, though, and I think I missed my chance. So I mean, I think that you can get them on like uh, on Amazon or whatever now. I think oh, they're okay. pretty easy to find after the Oscars. It's just before the oh, Oscars okay. that they're only in theaters. So <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I love a good depressing thing, but those sound pretty rough. Pretty rough. Yeah, very bleak. <laughs> well, I have a love it, and um, it's sort of embarrassing because it's about six years too late. But um, I started watching The Americans, oh. which I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a little TV show on FX. Um, well, not anymore. It's not yeah. on FX. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> But um, it's just about these two KGB spies who are um, posing as Americans in D.C. And um, I binge watched the entire first season over the weekend. And um, I'm pretty into it. I think I got I decided to finally watch it because I'd always heard of it. And I was like, I should start. But it's hard to like start a new show because you have to like watch every week and like, yeah, really dedicate yourself. And so one, it's bingeable. It's on like Amazon Prime, which is great. But two, I'm really obsessed with the fact that the actors are married in real life and like they're really cute together. And so I feel like attached to them already. So I think that's also why I like the <laughs> I like the show because I'm really rooting for them. Well, that's but... why you loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Because Rami Malek is <laughs> yeah. dating the girlfriend. Yeah, now they're together. Yeah. It's like so much better. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's he not with Jim so in, yeah. uh, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. Well, but if you need something to binge, um, that's a great one if you've never uh, given it a chance yet, <laughs> which I might be the only person. Oh, I haven't watched it. Watched so, it. Oh, okay. So that okay, makes two perfect. of us. Well, so, it's good. So basically what we're saying is if you have 15 minutes, watch weekends. If you have 15... <laughs> months watch american yes yeah 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 for sure at least i mean 15 hours for the first season you know so it's like you can do it (laughs) well i think that is all that i have i mean i have millions of other thoughts on the oscars but i know we could just keep talking yeah but uh, for the sake of our listeners i will (laughs) shut up and and then only start talking about the Oscars again on next week's podcast whenever I start predicting yeah. what's going to be nominated <laughs> yeah. next year. So stay tuned like, for oh, that. Oh, Serenity. Serenity. Best Oscar right there. Yes. Uh, Serenity. <laughs> Escape Room. Uh, isn't it romantic? Yeah. Happy Death Day 2. These are yes, your best picture course. nominees. <laughs> Uh, we don't know what we're doing next week yet because I know we'll have to there's like not much coming out, out and we're trying to figure it out <laughs> but we will have an episode for you and <laughs> so stay tuned for that in the meantime follow us on social media 
leave us a review, send us an email if you want. Oh, yeah. And stay tuned for our next fun competition giveaway, whatever that Shelby has (laughs) up her sleeve. And otherwise, do you have anything else? No, that's good. Okay. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.